This is Velosa Podcast. It's a <laughs> podcast where we drink, we talk about Velosa Pastor, and we drink some more. <laughs> oh, and another thing. Keep your fucking dogs on leashes. Nice. Thanks. That's a true statement. That was like Michael Jordan's flu game right there. With our sick boy coming in hot. Yeah. I'm hoping that my voice sounds hoarse and, and beautiful. It sounds very buttery smooth right now. I've we'll got get a towel for your head here in a minute. <laughs> I've got some I've got some tea. Nice. Some honey to try and keep nice. the throat coated, but I threw in some amaretto for the I spirit. Guess, of I was the curious show. if you had some alcohol in there. I'm proud of you. I don't want to be I don't want to be a fuddy duddy on no, here. No one of us want to be fuddy duddies. And just watch you guys, you know. It's been a long time since I've eaten a fuddy duddy though. It's a thing? What? I don't know. Nutty buddy. Nutty buddy. <laughs> Nutty butter, Fuddy actually. Duddy. None of us are correct. <laughs> Fuddy duddy, they just taste like nothing. Right. Well, this is and another thing. This is a podcast where we drink, we talk, and everyone wins. I'm Brendan. I'm Brian. And I'm Velocipastor Vargas. <laughs> I think Var- we know what Vargas wants to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Before, before we dive into all that, our good buddy Dave sent us beer. Um, wait, he's been typical Dave fashion, hounding me forever to get this on the podcast. I forgot it last week, so it's my fault. But this is from Mad Tree, which is based down in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, this is a coffee blonde ale. And Dave was raving about this beer, and I've now sipped it, and it's very, very good. It is, because most of the time we have coffee, it's stouts and things like that. This is like, it just tastes like coffee. It's crazy. And Dave was telling me that he could have drank like 20 of these because it just tastes like coffee. It doesn't taste like beer. And I could see why. Are we worried about Dave's taste buds at any point? During this, or does it just taste? I have to taste it here in a minute, but it's going to be right. marred by my honey tea anyway. Right. So is there t- something yeah, t- wrong with Dave? No, it tastes like uh, cold carbonated. It tastes like a coffee, cold brew. Yeah, yeah basically. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it still tastes like beer, but I get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm. I mean, of all the like the coffee stouts and things like that, it's it's pretty surprising how it's it's very very smooth. Thank you, Dave, for bringing us this beer. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. I'm happy I could finally bring it on the podcast. We'll keep you in mind next time we uh, run a contest. You know, mm-hmm. buttering us up with your <laughs> that's right coffee drink. If you keep sending in twenty thirty items, we'll you'll you'll make it eventually, buddy. <laughs> just yeah, you just gotta keep sending us free shit, right? <laughs> So tell me more about this movie. Vol- what is it? Velocipastor. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you more enough about this movie. It's <laughs> a movie for sure, where a priest turns into a dinosaur and fights ninjas and pimps. It was released in 2017. It is an hour and 15 minute long film. Yeah, it seems it like an hour of, too long. A budget of thirty five thousand dollars. Which was all spent on the cover art, as we've discussed. <laughs> if you Google this, the first thing that will come up will probably be the cover art, which admittedly is very cool yeah. and makes me a little excited to watch that kind of movie. But then... The movie is nothing like the cover art. Wow. Yeah. Well, it is technically... Uh, well, it's it's like kind of fresh, but it has a 64% on tom- yeah. the tomato meter. I it's, can never... You it, can't trust those. Because audience too scores many. 69%. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why, though, there's too many ironic people on Rotten Tomatoes. That's why you can't trust them. It's like, <laughs> oh, they want this to be a cult classic. 
See, Velocipaster is one of the best horror movies of the year. It's, it's not. <laughs> Get it, the fuck out of here. It's I like very this, entertaining. I like this one. The Velocipaster may be attempting to be a cult favorite B-movie, but it's unclear how much of the bad in this film is actually intentional. See, that's All what I'm it. saying. All no, you can't, you can't know that. Because think about Troll 2. <laughs> they put their heart and soul into that, and it turned out to be... Yeah, but there's like... I mean, when they have a... I told the guys, five minutes in this movie... A priest walks out of his church and his parents are across the street and he's waving to them and then their car blows up. But instead of having a scene where the car blows up or is on fire, this just the the street and it says in white letters across the screen, VFX car on fire. But you got but think about it. But think about it. If that's the one thing that you can't afford, right? And you know you're not gonna be able to afford that no matter what. Do you let your dream project of Velocipaster go <laughs> and unreleased, or do you just say "fuck it"? Throw some text up there. I think yeah. the text is that's, that's what, leaning into the joke. Like, yeah, I don't that's think what it I is. Mean. You don't think so? I don't think it is. If you watch the rest of the movie, you, I that wasn't the trailer. Wasn't the movie? <laughs> it's very, it's very tongue in cheek. I would say the recommended viewing is the trailer. <laughs> I would say the recommended viewing is if if you have an hour and fifteen minutes of your life to laugh at this movie, where can it's you worth it? Where can you watch it? And where'd you watch uh, it? Amazon Prime. Okay. And I'll say this too. It's not as good as something as say like Kung Fury. Of course not, because that's actually good. But Kung Fury <laughs> is is a very much a truncated, you know, it's only 30 minutes long. This is like an hour and 15, I think is what Brendan said. But right. I think the guy who created Kung Fury knew what he was doing. And Def, yeah. That one you can definitely yeah. tell. I'm not convinced. <laughs> Tra- again, trailer alone. I'm not convinced. So I, I mean, I'm at a disadvantage here. It's, but you went in, even you went in thinking that you knew what it was going to be. No, I went in thinking it was going to be like... The cover art. <laughs> no, I, I went in thinking it was going to be Wolf Cop. Oh, where, yeah. Where it's like, it knows that it's ridiculous, but it is a serious movie. Correct. This movie knows it's ridiculous and is trying to be ridiculous. Mm, I just, I don't, I can't. It I don't is, buy it. It is if you have Amazon Prime, it is free to watch. Free to watch. I know, but it's not free because it's <laughs> robbing my time. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I feel I'm sorry. You feel that way? That's fine. It's the most valuable currency we have, and it's taking wow. an hour and fifteen. And that's what, dude. That's what I'm saying. Is all these? P, it's got four point two stars out of five on Amazon. At a two hundred seventy-seven customer. At a two hundred seventy-seven. But like, okay, so the, the top. The top review. This is not a good movie, but it's a wonderful movie. <laughs> but that's, that's exactly exactly right. But it's but is it people? But that's what I'm saying. So unless you know, unless the creators out there, and again, can't even trust them now because the, of course now they're going to say, yeah, it's definitely just a joke. <laughs> look, look at this headline. You will never get the hour and ten minutes of your life. I knew it. <laughs> but like, okay, so this movie is not the room. That's what I mean. Like, if that's right. if Kung Fury is one end of the spectrum and the room is the opposite. I'm saying it's closer to the room. Than it is not. Dude. You haven't watched it. I know, but I don't need to. <laughs> I did. I watched the trailer. That's <laughs> no, all I needed no. to. Because, because it's people like you out there that are just swearing that this movie is meant to be this way. But you, ha- you haven't watched it. And, and the trailer, right. yes, makes it look like a real movie. But the trailer is not the, is not the same tone of the movie at all. Yeah, the trailer feels very grindhouse-y. Right. Like and it, that's, it leads into that That's part of what it. they're going mm-hmm. for. And they're probably trying to hook people in, right. like me, trying to... go Velocity. Is this a real movie? Hmm. And then you kick it off, and it right. starts off with that ridiculous scene where it says VFX car on fire. And you're like, oh, so that's the... Okay, I, I get, get it. it I get it. 
I don't know. I'm still, look, hey, anybody out there, <laughs> just go watch it. Go spend your time money on this movie and see if it's worth it. Look, man, he goes to China and he meets a girl and she dies and she speaks Chinese at him. And then he goes, I don't understand what you're saying. And then she just starts speaking English. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Yes. Do you get it now? Oh, it's high art. <laughs> now I understand. There's a lot of creative integrity in this movie. Yeah. I get, uh, that's what I get it sounds like. Someone licked my hand and I got really worried for a second. But both our faces are up here. I know. <laughs> the dog roaming around. Boy, I'm really excited about the Chiefs making the playoffs this year. Me too. But you know what else I'm excited about? Huh. Chiefs colored Hope clothing well, shirts. I, I don't think we should announce that just yet. How are people going to know if I don't announce it? Because I was going to buy all of them. You're going to buy all 20. The limited availability of 20. And you're going to buy all of them. Yeah, I could wear all 20. That's what my, that was my plan. You're going to wear all 20? You won't be able to fit through doorways. Listen, I get the fat jokes at home. I don't need the fat jokes on the podcast. Brendan, other people need to buy some. Hopefully. I don't think they do. All right. But surely they come out like a month or two, three, four, five. That's what we should tell people. They come out in a year or two, right? Well, they're available for pre-order right now. What? Pre-order your Chiefs Color Hope Clothing KC t-shirt at hopeclothingkc.com. So leaning into, leaning into, or transitioning to creative integrity. Yeah, and continuing you, the topic of yeah, creative integrity. You swearing by the fact that these creators were intentionally bringing us this product. Uh, the, the recent news, uh, so HBO decided to not continue the Watchmen series that was wildly successful and well-received by both critics and mm -hmm. audience members alike. They decided to not have a second season because Damon Lindelof, the showrunner and creator of this particular Watchmen iteration, yes. is leaving. And hey. they decided to not continue based on that, basically based on him leaving. Which is pretty fascinating because by all accounts, like Watchmen was a huge hit for HBO and also was probably the best piece of just singular like television they've ever put out, I would argue, because this this show is per perfection. I, yeah, I, I mean, up there, I mean, it's got to be up there with Sopranos and things like it, the old HBO shows right. and stuff. And this is just nine episodes. Yeah. You're like, you know. Um, but no, I remember, yeah, because I mean, this show is perfect. If you haven't watched... The Watchmen, because who does watch The Watchmen? Me. Right? Um, I would say definitely watch it. I mean, if you have any passing interest in, like, quote-unquote backstory, read the comic. The comic is very, very good, or the series and everything like that. It's very, very good. And then this this is just diving into more of, like, that story. Um, after the show is over, yeah, Damon Lindelof had basically said, he's like, you know, we're not too sure if we want to do a season two, because this, this is such a... A, like our story and what we wanted to tell. And he basically had said that, yeah, if, if, if a big, if we even did another season of Watchmen, it'd be something totally different, which I was very happy about because again, this is so perfectly done. I'm big into and like anthology Correct. type. We don't need the same yes. character season after season. Correct. As we've learned, we don't need uh, uh, nine movies to cover a trilogy as we, regardless of the name of the, <laughs> right. of the, there was a really funny tweet. I'm not going to say the name of it. But You've already a, put your head outside the bar. So was, you son of a bitch. <laughs> let me put a shoulder out too. <laughs> there was a really funny tweet that after Watchmen ended and a guy, because I think Watchmen ended and then that movie, the ending of the series yeah. came out. Uh -huh. A guy basically tweeted, he's like, okay, if you had created a perfect nine, nine episode wrap up of a famous brand, please stand <laughs> up. Not so fast, Star Wars. <laughs> That's funny. And it was very, very funny. 
Um, but no, yeah, I'm, I, I think not creating more Watchmen's great because I mean, the track record of shows going on too long are both like both yeah. good and bad. Like before we started podcasting and coming up with this idea, we had mentioned a couple of things. I mean, I mean, speaking of Damon Lindelof, like Lost is a prime example of a show that like they, <laughs> by all accounts, they had their, their slingshot hook of this crazy crash on a weird island that does weird shit. And then each season... One, two, just kept introducing new things and new questions and new people and new things happening and what's going on. Who knows? And then by season three, that became like, it was a really good season. But by the end of that season, into season four, they started doing like more filler stuff. And they were like, yeah, we're just spinning our wheels. Like we have to. We, we have no what, idea what we're doing. We cannot keep like, like just creating new stories and new questions. We have to have season six as our end date. And the, by all accounts, it was basically the studio, like ABC, I think that show was on, was like, no, just keep going. This show is wildly, insanely popular. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going. And I think season one and two are pretty, it, are great. I mean, I'm a big fan of Lost. I think it gets very lost in the weeds uh-huh. it, in, in season go? three and four and a little bit of five. But it starts, once it starts picking itself back up again and starts spiraling, spiraling back, it's, it's a great, it's a great show. How many seasons they get? Six. Oh, six. Okay. And that's the, you know, uh, to, to their credit, HBO is doing the right thing here. But I think HBO has, I mean, they might, coming fresh off of a wildly disappointing close to Game of yeah, Thrones, you, which they were highly scrutinized too, for. That's uh, what I, I think they're, they're just wary. They are. And that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. So even if it was, even if it was a, a, not just a creative move, even if it was, say, we right. don't trust ourselves, right? Whatever. It's still, I think, and we all think here, I think was the right move. Yep. Um, but, what I mean, are, are there other shows that stopped at the right amount, like the right time? I was trying to think of mm-hmm. other shows that that nailed it, that ended perfectly, yeah. basically. Um, mm, I, I think a lot of people would argue that like Breaking Bad had a couple oh, of yeah. down, down seasons, but they they ended in a point that I think uh, Vince Gilligan Gilligan right? G- Gilligan Gilligan, Gilligan yeah. um, was happy with the way that the story ended and they got enough content and all that kind of stuff. They, they definitely could have made more, you know, and they made better called Com- Saul. Yeah. Better called mm-hmm. Saul. And they made a uh, Camaro or El- whatever. El Camino, El Camino. The, the Jesse story. Um, but yeah, that show felt like it ended at the right it, it time. Did. And, I, and I think AMC had basically trusted Vince Gilligan to like, I mean, I, from everything I'd read about him creating the show, he basically said, yes, like the story I'm going to tell is already laid out. Like he had right. all of it laid out and ready to go yeah. and showed AMC and AMC was like, yeah, dude, like this right. sounds great. Do it. You're gonna do it with the dad from Matt Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> go nuts, man. Yeah. Like, well, And that's, that's the other side of it is that it, if Vince was on that show the whole time, right. Whereas HBO realized, well, if Damon's not going to be heading this creation, we don't, we don't necessarily want to push it right. because we don't have the right people. Like there's no reason to rush it and get the wrong people in. And especially in Hollywood, when all those things are in, you're losing directors on movies left and right because of quote unquote creative yeah, differences, right. things like that. So I think again, it's a very smart move. I think breaking bad is a perfect example of, of a, sh- of a show and a show runner that stayed, that stayed true to what they were going to do. And they weren't pressured by the studio to like, no, no, we need two more seasons right. or anything like, so even if there is a down season or two, that can be part of his thing because it's like you can't have all you can't have all rise on your party. You've got to <laughs> yeah. have some fall. Yeah, very true. very true. Um, but like, I mean, you had mentioned Supernatural was a really good yeah. like thing because usually when you know the showrunner has when they create the show and get the writing crew together and everything like that, 
they have a really good idea of like where they want to go. And then sometimes whenever they lose the showrunner, that's whenever things get wonky. But Supernatural is a show that like, despite going on what, 14, 15 Dude, seasons? 28? Think, no, I think Fuck. they're on 16 seasons. Yeah, right. right. And despite losing the showrunner along a while ago. Yeah. Like, uh, they wanted to, I forget the dude's name, but they, they wanted to end it season five. Like the ending of season oh, five yeah. was his intended ending oh, yeah, for the whole show. Some like a brother. I, I I'm not that familiar with Supernatural. I know like the bits and pieces of it. Spoil, spoiler alert for Supernatural season five. Right. But, uh, uh, Sam ends up uh, out of hell. Dean is in hell. That's right. It, like they swap places. Mm-hmm. I remember that was like the big thing about like if they, if it truly ended, that it was gonna be yeah. like a sacrifice like for that like getting out of hell. I'm pretty sure is that right? Or Sam? So so one of game them... ripped that off then the sacrificing <laughs> oneself. I okay. Yeah. Stole yeah, it from Supernatural. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they, they lost their showrunner. They got to in season five and they were like, nope, this is it. Uh, but they kept going and you know, season six, seven were pretty good. Season eight, but, uh, you know, it it got better. It had those kind of like dips and stuff, but I would say overall supernatural's a a good product, even though they didn't have their Mm -hmm. original showrunner for most of the runtime. Oh yeah. But. That being said, they did include an episode where Sam and Dean travel to our world and they literally kill Kim Manners. The sh- Kim Manners was the dude's name. The showrunner in real life. Oh, really? They kill him IRL <laughs> and he himself is in the show and holy shit. So he still has nice fond ties with it. Right. Yeah, it yeah. was not a it was not a, a bitter parting or yeah. anything. Right. It's just yeah. not the story he wanted to tell anymore. Yeah, he probably. was like this is this is it and I don't want to keep going anymore but yeah. Interesting. Because, I, I mean, we talk a lot about creative integrity, and we've talked before about, um, like, art and things like that and entertainment and things and what makes it good and subjective and objective and everything like that. And it's, fat, it's cool you bring up Game of Thrones because that's a, that's a pretty big conversation of, like, especially, like, the juxtaposition between supernatural showrunners who had a pretty good idea of where it was going to go, Breaking Bad, where they knew where they were going to go, and then Game of Thrones where, like, after the show ended very badly... Um, the the two creator showrunners had like a big festival thing they went to and were answering questions and they're like they're like yeah like you know we were basically going by George's books up to a point and he's like by the time we got past George's books we were kind of just flying by the seat of our pants and didn't yeah. really know where we want we he's like we knew the one thing we we needed to get to to end it but he's like all these other threads we yeah like just couldn't coalesce them and and I think it's really interesting too because it was two guys. One guy wanted to lean into like the George R. R. Martin like fantasy world and like dragons and yeah. mystical stuff. The other guy was like, "No, people don't like that. Like, let's take that shit out." So like, it's really interesting because uh, they put up HBO like a long time ago. Put up the original pilot that didn't have like uh, the, uh, the the gal that played Cersei Lannister didn't have her in it. Um, a lot of the actors aren't in it and stuff like that. Just a random pilot they shot to give HBO an idea of what they wanted to do, and it's awful. Because they cut, like, they went with the other guy's thing and, like, just cut out all the fantasy stuff and made it, like, a medieval drama. Yeah, I don't, and no it one is, wants to see It that. is, like, it is so flat and so bad. And and you could see, like, that push and pull because, I mean, in the books, like, there's a lot more of, like, the fantasy mystical stuff. And in the show, like, they kind of lean away from that every so often. They kind of veer back to it and they lean away from it. And you could tell, like, the, the push and pull of, like, yeah. that integrity part of it is, like, man... We need to just get through this shit as quick as possible because we don't want to fuck with it anymore. And so, it's, it's it's crazy. So 
for the idea of, of creative integrity, if you're going into a show, do you think you necessarily have to have an end in mind? And then once you, once you, so, you know, Brian and Vargas and Brendan, the TV show, we're going to, we're going to have five seasons and this is how we want to end it. And of course, over the course of what, eight years making Mm -hmm. five seasons of a show, you're going to have more ideas. Right. But do you still pursue that end? And then once you get there, you can have a conversation about like, see, I think something like it's always sunny is like the perfect like example of like these guys just wanted to create a show about awful people doing awful things. And they're still going strong after 14 yeah. seasons. You know what I mean? It's still funny. It's still good. And they don't they don't necessarily have a story they want to tell. Correct. They it's just not want like, to make people it's laugh. It's not like an overarching story other than like the little bits of like Max stuff, like more character-based stuff. I would even you know? say those didn't develop to the writers themselves yeah, until at least until, season two. Until later on, yeah. Uh, season two and three, that's when those things started going. But like from, from a writing standpoint, uh, just from me, I, MSU took a bunch of writing classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Generally, yes, you are. If you have a story you want to tell, you know the ending to that story, right? Right. So these things like Always Sunny and these these sitcoms, Friends, and things, those don't necessarily have an overarching story they're trying to tell, right? Like a like a series long, right? Whereas like things like Sopranos or The Watchmen, these these have a right. solid story that the showrunner or creator, writer, whoever wants to tell, right? And I think yes, when you go in with an idea, if if you are trying to pitch that kind of show or movie, that's what you 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 do have an end right. in sight. Um, so sometimes we don't get to see those ends, like maybe Firefly might have had, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. b- but yes, I would say generally people do have or should have, I'll say should have uh, an ending to, because imagine if, I mean, fuck, people have been waiting for George R. R. Martin. He might have changed that ending fucking nine times right. based he, on yeah, fan he, reaction. He has basically you know? said like he knows the ending of like his books. And I think book writing and series writing, like TV writing are a little bit different. But yeah. Um, George, like he came out recently and he's like, yeah, like my ending won't be really like that <laughs> because you guys didn't like it. Cause you guys so. hated it. And, the, and that, I mean, Martin is a pretty unique case. You yes. Know? Uh, and the, the, the big long book series I read, right. It's kind of split into trilogies and each of those oh, yeah. trilogies mm-hmm. are wrapped up perfectly. Sure. Right. Right. But th- there's still overarching things that go through mm-hmm. series to series. So see, and that's what I'm thinking was mm-hmm. the problem with game of Thrones is yeah. like, obviously they started filming before the book series was done. So yeah, you're, you're trying to write, you know, six or nine or whatever the hell seasons right. of a TV show. But even the guy who's writing the source material doesn't know how it's going to end. Right. So how do you, how do you come up with a satisfying conclusion? Right. And w- when you're starting without knowing well, your, you're your starting, bullseye, yeah, you're right? starting without knowing what the bullseye looks like yeah. or kind of the idea of what it looks like. The, yeah. Like you know where the, the board is, shape. but you don't know what you're shooting. But then also like those guys from ever, all the accounts of like how they ran the show and everything afterwards, like they were not prepared to, yeah. to run a show like that or create a show like that, which is crazy. Um, but I mean, and then you have shows like I'm looking up this stuff right now, like Parks and Rec is a really good example of like a show that yeah. like stuck the landing every time and then had one of the, a very satisfying conclusion yeah. to its show, whether or not it was because of, you know, I think their, their ending was more based on, you know, Hey, like viewership is kind of going down with these like Thursday night shows. So think about an ending, but I think they always had an idea. Cause I, I love the ending of major spoilers for Parks and Rec, how it like flashes forward like mm-hmm. several years in like sees the characters, you know, at their natural conclusion of this story. Right. And I think it's a fascinating like way to do that as well as, you know, like the Sopranos with its ending of just cutting to black, like as Tony is sitting there eating dinner or whatever. Right. Like, phenomenal. 
But then you have a show like, I mean, I'm surprised this article, like, because I, I just kind of Googled like best series finales. Uh-huh. I think they have Seinfeld on there, which is like. Don't they end up all in jail? They end up all in jail in the season finale or the series finale is a clip show of all them being awful uh, people. Because that's, I mean. That's and it does say thing. it's among the most divisive on in the history of television. I would say it is because, again, this is a show that it, before season seven started, uh, Larry David, the creator, left. So uh, season seven is kind of like the turning point of whenever the show gets more like wacky and like weird. You know what I mean? Like, like that was one of the, I, m- I remember in season seven, there's an episode, uh, the bizarro Jerry where like they meet like their other selves. You know what I mean? Like, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the, uh, mirror versions. the mirror versions of themselves and it's crazy and stuff like that. And it's like episodes like that. And then it kind of Larry David came back for like the, f- like the last half of the final season to kind of bring it back together. Yeah. But I mean, and also Seinfeld was, the show about nothing. Right. So, I mean, this, the fact that the ending ends with them, a clip show of all their awful behavior because they make fun of a, a guy whose pants, or like a fat guy whose pants split or whatever and film it. It's like a good Samaritan law. They get put in jail and they, it like loop back around and they have a conversation from the first episode. Oh, yeah. So it kind of like, oh yeah, I mean that it works, but on the whole, like it's like, it's fine. It's whatever. Okay. So cr- creative integrity, right? How I Met Your Mother is is the oh, one I got, and I know, man. I know. So again, Show they knew how they knew how they wanted crash. to end it, and they did what they wanted to do. They they did at Much the expense to the of chagrin of most at the expense people. of a lot of storylines they had set up, right? In, in like satisfying conclusions, and that, but that's one I think that that they were pressured. I don't think it was supposed to be that long, no. So they kept that it story was so goddamn popular that. Yeah, uh, CBS basically was like, just keep making the show. Yeah. So and I think even that studio interference because they had to they, instead we, of adding we, an end, we've talked about goddamn studio have, interference. We have instead of adding at the end though, they just added in the middle, so they kept their original right. storyline because they added shit that didn't make sense. It's a well-known fact because like season one or two, I think at the end of season two, they're prepared to like film their finale and be done with it. Yeah. Because they were like, oh yeah, like viewership's kind of low. Like we don't know if CBS is going to give us another thing. So they knew it was going to be. Spoilers: Robin, quote unquote, was going to be the mother, right. essentially. So they they knew that that was going to be their ending, like you had said. They knew it from the very beginning that right. that that Ted was going to get married, but she was going to unfortunately pass away, and then he was going to go be with Robin. Um, that was the whole general idea of the show, right? And they are fully prepared to have a well, like in season two, it's the cake lady, or the cupcake lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. The she runs the fuck bakery. yeah. Uh, and that, that the runs the bakery just could never. Yeah, I don't. That was going to be the fr- the, the mother, mother that and then. Away. And then pass, she passes away, and then he goes to Robin. Yeah. But again, that is the per, like like you fucking nailed it with studio interference because those dudes were ready to end the show in season two because they had told like their wonderful, heartfelt, funny stories. Right. And then that show is a definitely a show that just as the later seasons kind of go on, really drags out, culminating in that final season that is a train wreck. <laughs> it is, it takes place over a weekend of Barney and Robin's wedding. Yeah, comes to a couple satisfying conclusions that last way too long. And then yeah. the season finale, series finale, just immediately See, cuts those off and, and does something else. And that's just like, what? I know I'm in the minority, but like, I like the ending of How I Met Your Mother because I think if you look back at the series as a whole, right. and not to turn this into a podcast about How I Met Your Mother, but... I mean, it, we could. We love that show. Like, if you, if you look back at it, it's mm. really a story about Ted 
talking about how much he loves Robin. Correct. And and I That's get the I whole thing. I totally understand yeah. that, but I just hate that last season and with the Barney and Robin wedding and then immediately yeah. like they wake up realize that oh we got married. Yeah, let's yeah, not do that. Right. And it's like we just watched I spent a whole season, season. Yeah. doing this. So but again, this isn't a how much. <laughs> but, but to take it back, they they thing, did huh? they did keep the integrity, their creative into like they they, they did again, what they wanted to do, which they is had cool. Filmed the kids saying yeah. that this isn't about mom, this is about Aunt Robin. Right. Like they filmed that like that. way back in the, like at well, season two. Uh, apparently they filmed them all those kids scenes at once. Yeah, none of them none of them were new. Yeah, none them because they knew that because they didn't want the kids to like grow up, correct? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he's it's telling really he's telling him a story. It only takes place over five hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about banging every woman he finds, and yeah, it's such good. I mean, drinking debauchery, and honestly, what's his name? Danny Tanner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck, what's his fucking? What's his real name? What's the man's real name who narrates? Josh. Oh, that's Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Thank yeah. you. I said Danny Tanner. It's close. Danny Tanner. It, you're not wrong. I mean, he's very crude in real life, anyway. So it makes sense that he would be telling his kids about all the people he exactly. Talked. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, nailed it. Good work. Well, do we want to talk about anything else? No, I think we should follow the examples of creative integrity. <laughs> and we had the points we wanted to make, and we're going to end the show. This has been uh, all of debates on tap. All this is our series finale. Yeah, series finale, guys. We're going to cut to black now. <laughs> Click. I wish Bang. you would have said that because that would have been <laughs> really good. Damn. We're going to cut to black, and then that's it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it still could, but. No, no, we. This is our no, last we gotta season. Keep going on, <laughs> yeah. longer and longer. Yes, until everyone is filler tired of content, and then we want everyone at the end of the episode to go, "What? Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Correct. Yeah. Spoiler alert: Brennan and I get together. God damn it! I know you. That, it was a twist. You didn't see it you coming. Sons of bitches! I'm the one who dies, huh? Yep. Well, Brian, Brian, where can you find us? <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, find us on Twitter at Debates on Tap. You can find us on email at debatesonfans at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at Debates on Pictures. I don't know why that was such a struggle to get through, um, but it was. It's a sickness. It's you made be. it. You made it. Yeah, I made it. There were some, there were some issues, but I made it. Uh, yeah, other than that, I think, uh, uh, you know, follow us wherever. We're on Spotify. SoundCloud, iTunes, however you listen to podcasts, please tell some folks about it. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and make sure you subscribe. And make sure you review us wherever you listen. It help us out a lot. Yeah. And tell a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>